0: Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: Buddy, everybody, tonight in the battle of Russia going up against Ukraine, apparently at this hour, there are a series of reports that Russia is pounding a number of civilian targets, many of them around Kyiv, the main capital city, and many others. There are also reports that in a series of cities, They have actually tried to cut off electricity and cut off water and also promises of more allowances for humanitarian convoys for civilians to actually leave some of the major cities there in Ukraine. But so far, every time the Russians have promised that, they've done civilian targeting. So can we trust Putin in any shape or form? I say no. I am so suspicious of any time that he brings up the idea that there's going to be a protection of civilians to evacuate from the area. Also, we're learning that about 2 million people have become refugees. That is a stunning amount of number, at least a million of them going into neighboring Poland. And speaking of Poland, big news tonight because Poland has said that they would offer their MiGs, their MiG jets bring them to NATO territory, Ramstein Air Base in Germany, and then from there, they're suggesting that America or NATO pick up the planes, do a trade, basically, provide other planes, basically, as a backup to Poland, and then somehow get the planes, those MiG jets that the Ukrainians know how to fly, to get them into Ukraine. Not giving pilots. The Ukrainians would actually be the pilots because they do know how to fly that, So some big developments we're waiting to see. So far, the U.S. has not said that they would agree to this. But let's see what happens, because Kamala Harris is headed over to Poland soon. And let's see if something new develops. And in the middle of all this, Zelensky is pleading, please make sure that you protect the skies, that you protect us from above. Meantime, I'm happy that Joe Biden finally, finally said that he will ban Russian oil. It only took him a couple years, I would say, a couple months, a couple decades for him. It seems like everybody in the world was thinking, okay, you got to do this, especially America kind of taking the lead on this. We had even Elizabeth Warren saying there shouldn't be any purchases from the U.S. to Russia. Don't you think it might be funneling and funding the war machine? Think about that, my goodness. All the money that we were giving in weaponry and all these other things, and then we're buying Russian oil? Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, it clearly didn't make sense to anybody but Joe Biden. And somehow he had an epiphany today and decided to come out and say, okay, we're going to halt the purchases of Russian oil. I'm happy to hear about that. You guys have heard me talk about it here on the show. I couldn't believe that it took him this long to finally make the right decision. But I'm glad he finally did. Take a listen.
2: Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in Congress and I believe in the country. Americans have rallied support, have rallied to support their Ukrainian people and made it clear we will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war.
1: And in the middle of all of this, everybody, as you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show tonight, is it any surprise that President Joe Biden's poll numbers continue to sink, sink, sink? Some of the latest are the question of, is he mentally fit for office? And there's a new poll that comes out that only 45% say that the president is, quote, mentally fit to be in the White House. That's not a good number, guys. That basically says, you know what, the other 55 say he's not fit. I want to know who the 45% are because, my goodness, he has been all over the place. And when I think about the contrast between his leadership style And the style that we have seen and the guts and the courage that we have seen from the Ukrainian leader Zelensky, boy, what a contrast. Take a listen. Here is Zelensky today speaking before the British Parliament saying he's not going anywhere. In fact, he was doing a speech, by the way. I love this. He did a speech from his office in Kyiv. He is the most wanted man in the world right now, not just from Vladimir Putin, but hundreds of his mercenaries that have him on a hit list. And he basically said, you know what, Russia, too bad. I'm not going anywhere. I am staying put. He's not necessarily going to stay there all the time, but he had the guts to say, I'm staying with my country. Boy, what a leader. Take a listen to the contrast of his verbiage and our president. But first, here is Zelensky. And I would like to remind you the words that the United Kingdom
3: have already heard, which are important again. We will not give up and we will not lose. We will... Fight till the end at sea in the air. We will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost. We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets.
1: So there's a real leader, and boy, in the height of the most extenuating circumstances, take a little listen. This is our president in a variety of different events not too long ago.
2: Fifty-five corporations, for example, in the United States of America, making over $40 billion. Don't pay a cent. Not a single little red cent. You know if you're in real estate, major real estate, ask them. They know they should be paying a little more than 21%. We can pay for this whole thing. I have it written in a card here, but I won't bore you with the detail.
0: The question was on the, the com- on community colleges, no, I, no, which, which, which was a big campaign. Promise that that you made. You talked about that along oh, the campaign trail. Yeah,
2: and I'm, I'm going to get it done. And if I don't, I'll be sleeping alone for a long time. I'm going off to COP 26 in Scotland, uh, and uh, in I don't know. I guess it's two weeks or a week. I, I, I'm losing track of time.
1: Wow, we have Zelensky, who is the most wanted man in the world for the Russians and all these mercenaries, and he can keep his head straight. And he can give a good speech and be passionate and speak from his heart under the most dire of circumstances. And our president can't even get a sentence out. And we wonder why there are people who are saying a majority, 55% of Americans, saying he's not mentally fit for office. And they're extremely concerned where he is going now with the world in such a chaotic and truly crisis situation. So are you concerned? Are you among... That fifty-five percent, and I want to hear from you if you're among the forty-five percent who think that he is mentally fit. One 9222 One 9222 four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Jay in Cincinnati, Ohio. Go ahead, Jay.
4: Rita, maybe hey Rita, maybe Joe's listening to WABC and the Rita Cosby Show. You know,
1: you mean in terms of in terms of reversing himself? Is that what you mean, Jay?
4: Correct, but you know he still strikes me as the type of guy. If he was on the one of the subways, he would pinch your ass on women's day
1: well, you know what uh that would be an interesting way, or maybe sniff my hair right? Is that what you're thinking too right
4: right, but he's probably an <laughs> ass pincher too,
1: you know what? He, I think, I don't know if he would even remember it if he did, for one thing. That's for starters, Jay. Now, what do you, what do you make of the fact, Jay, and by the way, thank you for acknowledging in, in a circuitous way, needless to say, that it was International Women's Day. Still a little bit left, two hours about, right? Um, yes. But what do you make of the fact that the numbers, there is a majority of Americans who now say he is, quote, not fit, mentally fit for office, because that's a serious claim.
5: Apparently,
4: some of these Americans have woke up, too, apparently. My, my parents are from back east, Rita, and that was the worst thing that happened when my mother would ride the subway, get her butt grabbed or pinched back in the 50s.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure what that has to do with uh, Joe Biden, but I, I do know the sniffing of the hair has something to do with him. Yes. But But, Jay, thank you. I love the call, and I always enjoy a variety of calls. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, uh, happy International Women's Day, Larry. Go ahead. <laughs>
6: Okay, listen, Rita. You know, I think it's pretty obvious that he's not. He's shown he's not mentally competent. But let's let's address whether he's morally competent or not to be president. And um, you have to understand, people want to know why Putin is doing things. He's looking at things through a certain lens. He he's not familiar with Western uh, modes of thought, so he's he's interpreting what he's seeing. Now, if Biden. If Biden can care about certain democratic principles like higher taxation for the rich, and yet he's stubborn about (coughs) cutting out oil that's funding a war machine, this shows this man is morally compromised. He has monkeys on his back, okay, serious monkeys on his back. Now, Putin is looking at him. And he's seeing what he's doing with the January 6th protesters. And all of a sudden, Putin comes out with nonsensical remarks, like, I'm going to try to remove – we have to remove the, the – the, the, he can't even pronounce Nazi. He says, Nazi, Nazification of Ukraine. Now, what is, what is Biden doing with the January 6th? He is labeling them as right, ultra-right-wing you know, neo Nazis. He arrested today. So wait, wait, o- wait, 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 Larry. You're going on. A, there. Larry,
1: hang on. You're going on a lot of tangents. I, I mean, they're both using some of the similar language, but let's try to just stay focused on the issue of Joe Biden and his policies. And like you brought up, you brought up an interesting thing about how he is like wavered and flipped and flopped. Um, you know, and some of his rhetoric. And, and to your point, it is interesting because you know. It was literally two or three days ago where Jen Psaki at the White House came out and said, oh, you know what, you know, it's not basically in our strategic interest to reduce or do anything different to the oil, you know, capacities in the world. You know, in other words, we're not going to basically ban Russian oil. And then suddenly, boy, did they bow to politics. I mean, it's the right move. And I'm happy that they're finally doing it. I've talked about it on the show. I consider it blood money. I think it's been horrible. So to me, I think it's a great thing that he finally has done it, but the fact that it took, he's like the last one in, in America to basically make the decision, and to me, that's not the sign of a leader. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, 1-800-848-9222, one 848 9222 and we will also talk to great investigative journalist John Solomon and get his take on Biden's words today. I couldn't believe he said this. I'm not anti-fossil fuel. Are you kidding me? What a bunch of hogwash after the break.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And don't start me up when I think about Joe Biden and his flipping and flopping all over the place You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. And I couldn't believe when I heard this because it wasn't that long ago during the State of the Union that we heard Joe Biden say, we want to fund the police. And I'm thinking, you know, wait a minute. This is the party that's been pushing for defund the police. There's a million of a number of the representatives. Even he basically said, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want to cut funds or whatever, it's on tape. You see it. There's a number of them who have said it and they want us all to forget that they ever said it. And now today, as we just talked about, he decided to finally ban Russian oil imports. Thank goodness. I am thrilled. It's great. But then I couldn't believe in the same breath. He basically said nothing in his policies contributed to the rise in gas prices. None of that. And there's nothing that he has ever done that has been anti-oil and gas. What about Keystone Pipeline? What about not drilling in Anwar? Do you want me to continue going on and on? Are you kidding me? He wants us to believe that he has not been against the energy industry, which is an outright lie. Take a listen.
2: It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic. Companies in the United States pump more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's
1: first year. Nothing he did that actually contributed to the process. Give me a break. And joining us now to talk about all of this is great investigative journalist. He's also the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. Um, John, what's your reaction when you hear the president? It's like he wants us to, like, not believe our own eyes and ears when everything <laughs> he did, remember day one, he killed Keystone Pipeline and yeah. said, I'm doing it for green energy. You know, give me a break.
7: Yeah, yeah listen, let's let's just take the, the facts, right? And so uh, the Keystone Pipeline moved 830,000 uh, barrels of oil a day from friendly Canada into the United States. That's 5% of the daily consumption. Of oil. He took 5% out of our economy at a moment when it was coming back out of COVID. Right? And he says that had no impact on uh, prices. Of course it did. If you take 5% of the oil out of the economy, it's going to come from somewhere. And usually it goes with price increases. And Then you have to turn to foreign oil. And that's what happened last year. As soon as TransCanada went down, Russian oil imports and other imports went up. Now he says, well, that's an environmentally friendly thing to do. No, it's not. The way oil and gas is extracted in Saudi Arabia, in the Middle East, in Venezuela, and in Russia, the places, and now maybe eventually Iran, if he gets an Iran deal, is far dirtier than the methane and other emissions that U.S. producers make. Nothing about what he said today is rooted in actual facts. And, uh, you know, he also said something really powerful today. I don't think people picked up on this. Basically, Joe Biden says, "Listen, you're going to have to wait for lower gas prices to the day you can afford one of those electric cars, and they can, and you can have a, a system that can charge. Right now, you can't charge your cars in most parts in America. And what do those electric cars cost? Sixty thousand dollars. So you're telling people choose between three, four, five, six dollar gas or sixty thousand dollar green vehicle. That's what I'm going to free you for. I don't think most Americans are ready for that future.
1: <laughs> They're no, not. I Their agree." Yeah, it seems so out of touch. And, in fact, I want to play this because you may have heard this. This is, um, this is uh, 17. This is Kamala Harris because she's talking to all of us like a two-year-old. And at a time right now, John, where you hit it on the head, where people are worried about their budgets, the last thing they can do is spend $60,000 on an electric car. You know, they barely can, like, get the gas tank filled up to go down the street. You're gonna, They're going to go buy a new car right now? I mean, it's crazy. Um, but she's talking to us like A, one plus two
8: equals three. Take a listen, John. This year, our Department of Transportation will make available nearly $1.5 yes, Administrator Regan, with a B, <laughs> in grants to help cities and towns electrify their fleet of public buses, build infrastructure to support their fleet, and train workers to run it.
1: Yeah. Isn't it like a fun thing? Like they're still pushing for these things. Um, And let me play. This is this is 16 because I want you to get to react to this one, John. You'll get a kick. This is the same speech that she gave on Monday and the height of all of this where people are worried about escalating prices and
8: everything else. Here's a little more. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions.
1: I'm imagining right now that Russia pulls out of Ukraine. That's what I'm hoping. I'm not yeah. thinking of a imaginary Willow Wonka world, you know?
7: And if you're mom and dad and you're choosing between whether it's $70 in the gas tank or $70 in the refrigerator or $70 towards the kid's tuition, none of this means hooey to you, right? They're talking about a utopian future that is five or ten years off. And how do we know that? Barack Obama and Joe Biden put tens of billions of dollars into solar energy starting in 2008 and nine. Do you know how much electricity it produces for the country now? 3%. 97% of our country doesn't come to solar after all that investment. We're years from having the sort of future that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are talking about, and people are trying to figure out how they're going to survive the next four weeks with rising gas prices, grocery prices, and uh, supply chain shortages. And, And there's another big crisis on the horizon that no one wants to talk about. But this energy crunch has created an enormous gap in the global market for fertilizer, the stuff that makes our food grow. We are going to enter into a period of very significant food shortages if that crisis isn't solved. And this administration isn't talking about fertilizer. They're talking about solar cars and electric cars and things that are 5 and 10 and 20 years away from reality for most of us in the country. And I think that's the gap that Joe Biden is going to pay dearly for. People understand the here and now, and they know that what he's talking about is much farther into the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just have um, a few seconds left, John, but I got to get your sense on this new poll. And everybody, we're talking to great journalist, John Solomon, um, where only 45 percent say that President Biden now is, quote, mentally fit. We just have a few seconds, John, but your reaction to that.
7: Listen, I think all these flubs when he's on the public stage uh, just have added up. People just don't feel like he's dialed in. He's not talking to them. He's not talking coherently, Uh, And they see flaggers like Afghanistan or or Putin invading Ukraine and say, I hold him responsible. He must be not capable because no competent president would allow all these things to happen. It's a thing that's going to dog him for the rest of his presidency.
1: Yeah. And certainly I think we'll dog also the Democrats come November uh, with midterms right around the corner. John Solomon, always great to get your perspective, my friend. Great to have you here on the show. Thanks, Rita. Thank you very much. And everybody, when we come back, what do you make of this poll? Do you think that this president can ever turn it around? It's kind of hard when you only have 45% of the country saying you're mentally fit. Who are the 45%? Shouldn't it be four or five as opposed to 45? We're going to talk about that after the break.
0: Rita Cosby is on. show presents back the
1: and in tonight's back the Blue segment coming from Fort Worth Texas officers and members of the Sons of the American Revolution recognized seven Fort Worth police officers for acts of heroism and life-saving during a major car fire that took place just a few months ago the president of the Sons of the American Revolution presented a heroism medal and certificate to three officers, and they also presented a life-saving medal and certificate to four others. All of these officers saved the lives of two badly injured women when their car rolled onto its side and then caught on fire. The officers extinguished the fire and then with their own brute strength righted the vehicle. Think about that. It was on its side and they turned the vehicle with their strength pulled the women from the car and removed them from the demolished vehicle and saved their lives. Bravo to these great, great officers for using their strength and also for always the strength of their character. Well, speaking about character, I couldn't believe it again today that President Biden first again. I'm happy that he finally decided to backtrack and decided that he would indeed ban Russian imports of oil to the United States. It's the right thing to do. It's about, you know, most people say it's about 7% of the oil that we bring in, but that's a lot of money. It's still billions of dollars that we were paying to Russia. It just doesn't make any sense. Although now he's kind of shopping around to Venezuela and to Saudi Arabia and Iran. So it's like he left one devil for now some other devils. If he had started drilling in the United States, if he had reinvigorated the plan that President Biden had done, we I mean, President Trump had done, we wouldn't be in this position. We would not be in this position. We were energy independent. In fact, we were moving to basically being energy dominant. And instead, we're now like, uh, hello, dictator, can I buy oil from you now? Because I'm trying to back out of the whole thing with Putin because it just looks so bad that even my Democratic Party is calling me out. It is so crazy. And then today he had the audacity to say that nothing basically with his policies are anti-fossil fuel. Are you kidding me? Just to give you an idea, I think about he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He did that on day one. That was killing 11,000 jobs. He also paused new oil and gas leases on federal land. He had new environmental rules on emissions. He also ended Anwar drilling. Those are just a few of the things that he did that clearly are anti-fossil fuel. And yet he's making it sound the only reason for gas prices that are rising now. Oh, it's solely, solely what's happening with Putin. They were rising before Ukraine. And in fact, Thanksgiving that just passed, you know, a few months ago, gas prices were up. I think it's like 60 percent more than they were the year before. So there wasn't any issue with Ukraine at that time, you guys. I mean, this is obscene. He will not face reality. And he tries to make us think that, oh, no, he was never anti-fossil fuel. What, he was like, uh, what, you know, ready to drill him up in Texas and go on the rig himself? Are you kidding me? This guy, his policies have so much put us into this situation. And he wants us not to believe what we saw and what we heard. And to me, it's very dishonest. I think it's terrible when you hear him say that. It's the same thing when he said during the State of the Union, oh, we're for funding the police. We're for a secure border. Is there anybody out there that believes that he and his party have been the supporters of those policies, too? And now he wants us to believe that, oh, they never did anything to the fossil fuel industry. The only reason that you guys are paying more at the gas pump is because of Ukraine has nothing to do with him and his policies that have made us energy independent that basically put us in this horrible situation to begin with. It is crazy. And take a listen. Here's a little bit from Huckabee talking about that.
9: Well, it's an important point. And frankly, with these numbers, uh, President Biden has clearly lost even some Democrat support. They're not going to be out as front about it. But the truth is there are Democrats who are scared to death and nervous and rightly so. Once again, it's important for him to go to the podium tonight and acknowledge that things aren't Coming up roses he can't be Ethel Merman tonight he's got to be an honest realistic uh, let's just say an honest broker when he goes to the State of the Union. Mm. I'm not sure he will because I don't think he's written this address someone's written it for him, and most of the things people write for him uh, ignore the reality of what's really going on around him so we'll see i I'm, I'm just not optimistic that it's going to be a forthcoming message
1: and again on State of the Union night. He didn't change his policies whatsoever. He kept pushing the old green energy over and over again. And Mike Huckabee also believes that this sort of flip-flopping and lack of leadership that we are seeing from President Biden, and now we're seeing big numbers in the polls that show a lot of people do not feel he is mentally fit for office. Huckabee believes that's going to hurt Democrats big time in the midterms, which now really is just a few months away.
9: Well, I think the reason that you're seeing a record number of Democrats decide not to run for re-election is the same reason that you saw the band play Nearer My God to Thee on the deck of the Titanic in the movie, because they see that this is not going to end well. And the reason is that uh, President Biden seems unwilling to recognize... That it is his hand that has done some of the things that has caused the problem. When you try to implement the Green New Deal, when there's not enough green ordeal in it to work, and you shut off our supply lines of plenteous energy, which we have in this country, prices go up. Of course. Now we see it exacerbated by Ukraine. People are not stupid. They can see what's happened and they don't like it, and the Democrats are going to pay dearly for it.
1: Yeah, and I think they will. And clearly, this president is paying dearly. People are going, "Uh uh-oh, this is not a leadership position for America right now, the way he's handled so many of these different crises, whether it's Afghanistan, what's happening in Ukraine, and now telling us, oh, I never was against anti-fossil fuels. Are you kidding me? Just played the tape over and over again. And you wonder why so many people say right now that the president is, quote, mentally unfit, an overwhelming Amount of Americans, and that includes independents as well, do not feel that he is fit for office. Do you agree, everybody? one 800 one let us go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan? You're here on the show. How are you?
10: <laughs> I like that one. Let's see what Stan thinks if he's mentally unfit. Okay, here we go. <laughs> First of all, ninety percent of the people. That- can
1: I just say one thing? I go love ahead, you. Go you're go great, ahead, Stan. Ahead, ahead. I love you, Stan. Go ahead. <laughs> you're I great. Easy, <laughs> But I can. I feel it, Stan. You I know, know you're going I feel right. It. I I feel it. I love you. Go all ahead. Right, you're right. great.
10: First of all, one. Ninety percent of the people that call this station are unfit, brain problems, when I hear what they talk about. So that's one. Two, half of the people that host these shows are unfit. I'll stick with the man as it is right now, okay? I don't think he is He is absolutely fit for the job, just as he goes a little slower than most. He don't want to go to nuclear war. He's taking his time. Now, about the oil. He finally decided, good. He wanted to make sure all the options were open. And oil is going to go up anyway because of this situation. And it's going to go up another, I think I heard a dime. The uh, Lindbergh or Blumberg newsletter says it may go up another 10 cents. That's because of this situation. Again, Canada, Mexico is uh, some of our major suppliers of oil in the United States, plus the shale industries and so forth. But is he out of his mind? Absolutely not. I would think the people that constantly condemn him – Uh, have a little mental problem, but that's okay.
1: Criticism is good for the soul. But uh, Stan, Stan, are you like drinking some schnapps or something tonight? Because I'm telling you, no, but to say here, to say that this is a mentally fit man who is absolutely, you make it sound like this guy is like, you know, is is Churchill. I think there's a big contrast between Biden and Churchill.
10: Uh, he, He ain't Churchill. But Donald Trump was uh, out of his mind too, and he supposedly had all his uh, cohorts in his brain. So I I think I'll take uh, this president over the last for mental stability, especially what we now know about the last president.
1: But wait, so, but Stan, look look where we are right now. If you look at the situation, first of all, I think Afghanistan was a disastrous pullout. You look at Ukraine right now. I mean, there to me, there is not a sense of leadership. And if you look at some of the polls and this is overwhelming, Stan, and this includes independents, they believe more than 60 percent believe that if President Trump was in office right now, Putin would not have invaded, that he would have had a relationship with them. And he also would have set him straight, that he would have been much more direct and much more clear. And this president has been so lackluster. And Putin smells weakness, and that's not coming. That's not coming from any partisan. That's a lot of independents say that Stan.
10: Uh, he would set – Trump would have set him straight. Are you crazy? Now I'm starting to question you. He would have said. He would have uh, told Trump. Well, and he would. Trump would have uh, told him and would have set him. Are you? Straight. Are you thinking? Are you thinking You're that? Crazy. Are Donald you Trump thinking Trump that this president? Straight.
1: Are you thinking that this president Stan has done anything? That has dissuaded Putin. He has been such a follower on the world stage in this entire issue. I mean, you know, Canada, Justin Trudeau, you know, who was, you know, Tyron Trudeau with the old truckers. You know, he came to his senses before Biden did and said, we're going to ban Russian oil. And he did that. Then Biden was like, oh, uh, look. God, Nancy Pelosi's criticizing me. Uh-oh, Elizabeth Warren's criticizing me. They came to their senses before he did on this. And, boy, they're definitely, you know, green energy people. Elizabeth Warren certainly is. But but Joe Biden had to kind of, like, wag his little tail and follow like a little puppy and hope that he could find, like, the pit bull.
10: Uh, he is the president of the United States. The people that you mentioned have said that, yes, absolutely. But he's the leader of the country. He has to make decisions cautiously and that's what he did. He didn't go jump like everybody else because you have to find out if we're not gonna have Russian oil, where are we gonna get it and so forth? Yeah, let's go and to it,
1: let's go to let's go to Iran. That he's really uh really no, put not us in a right. that's not oh I happen. think it is gonna happen, no, Stan. Gonna he's happen. already looking like he's doing deals with Venezuela. Who was also on the like sort of no all deal talk, with list? All talk, you all know. Talk. Oh no, actually, there's been discussions. There's no deals
10: with Venezuela. Come there's on. gonna See, be. I, there's already
1: discussions. Done. There's and, you already. You that's the right
10: saying it. I haven't seen anything that states he's making deals with Venezuela. Oh, I have.
1: I've I've only seen about two thousand stands. So uh, there's definitely he is definitely in the process of at least discussing it, and he certainly is doing it with Iran, and there's a chance also with Saudi and boy is this putting us in a mess and if you think that this president is leading i think he's in a coma but stan but stan so. i i always love your calls and i always appreciate them and uh, I'm not sure about insulting all the other callers, but I do oh, love absolutely,
10: you. Absolutely. 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 Well, at
1: least you're consistent. And I love <laughs> you for Thanks, that. So are you. <laughs> so are you, sweetheart. Thank you. I love you, Stan. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's continue with your calls, everybody. one 800 848 one 800 let us go to John in Bayside. Go ahead, John, your thoughts. You just heard Stan's thought. What do you think, John?
7: Well, Rita, this guy is like the most uh, anti American president we've ever had. Everything that they do is trying to destroy this country, and he's just manipulated by the communist left wing that put this guy in office.
1: Yeah, I think he is so almost unaware. Like, it, it almost, you know, it's interesting, John, and it saddens me to say this. But when I look at these numbers and it says, you know, that a proportion believe that he is, quote, mentally unfit, to me, when I see President Biden, I don't even know if he realizes that what he's saying is not correct. You know, I mean, a lot of times he's like, oh, no, this didn't happen or this didn't happen. It's he's like he's so sure of it that I, I almost want to believe he's not aware versus he is intentionally lying. This you know, guy,
7: this, this guy has denied everything, his whole political career. He's he's a phony from the beginning. This whole persona of uh, Blue Collar Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's all a sham. He, he's been lying his whole career. And this guy's a career politician, and that's all we've got.
1: Well, it's a concern right now, especially if you cannot feel safe with the leader of, you know, the presidency, the leader of the free world. If you don't feel like you can take him at his word, that's an issue. And at a time where, boy, the stakes couldn't be higher when you're dealing with something like Vladimir Putin. And then he wants us to believe, oh, no, because it's a political year. I'm not anti-fossil fuel. I didn't cause this problem. Uh, That's only been since I took office. You know I mean, it really is astounding, his sort of like I think he thinks we're we're all dumb and we're all stupid, and like we think like remember it was at one point the Democrats were even saying, "Oh, the Republicans are the party of defund the police, and then after a week or two, they realized, well, nobody's buying that lie, so that kind of had to go back to like, well, we sort of never said that, you know I mean it's like it is it is just amazing. Unbelievable. John, thank you very much. Let's go to Patrick in Arkansas. Patrick, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Patrick.
4: Good evening, Mrs. Cosby. Always a pleasure to speak with you, ma'am.
1: Thank you very much. Where are you from in Arkansas, by the way?
4: Well, I'm just a truck driver who's transiting Arkansas.
1: All right. Well, I love that. Now, are you part of the Freedom Convoy guys? Are you pals with those guys?
4: No, 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 no. I'm just uh, a a truck driver who goes where my employer tells me to go
1: well that sounds like a good employee uh what what do you make of joe biden who just we're Uh, talking about do you agree with me or stan or john who you just heard no i think biden
4: is just uh when things go bad and they probably will go bad in the near future
1: you don't think they're bad now like if this is not bad i'm a little worried what bad looks like
4: Oh no! It's it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. Oh gosh! Uh, Biden's a fall guy. Biden's a fall guy, and he's going to take all the blame. But it's it's the deal that he took because he's run by I don't know who's controlling Biden, but he does what he's told,
1: and uh, it's just the way it is. Um, well, you know, it's speaking of speaking of does what he's told. Um, I want to play, because I have a, I have a little bit here. Let me play this. This is him telling the press, oh, I can't take questions, because you're right. He does what he's told. Take a listen. I'm not I'm not supposed to take any questions,
2: but go ahead. Mr. President,
8: on Afghanistan?
2: I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Can you say if you're still in a group? Okay.
8: Okay. Like
2: Pelosi, Schumer, and the crew. You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, but I can't resist your questions. He gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. I'm going to get in trouble with my my staff. Yeah, go ahead. I pre- pretended that you didn't answer. He
1: takes questions nearly every day he's out from the press. That is not something we recommend. In fact, a lot of times we say don't take questions. You know what he's going to do what he wants to do because he's the president of the United States.
2: I, I'm sorry. I'm going to just the last question I'll take. And I, I'm really going to be in trouble.
1: I'm really going to be in trouble. Boy, does that sound like a guy who is far from the leader of the free world. When we come back, I'm going to take your calls. What do you make of the fact that some of these new polls show a predominant amount of Americans say that President Biden is now mentally unfit for the job. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show as new developments are coming in from the region as more bombings have been taking place in Ukraine tonight, more strikes and also more reports of civilian casualties. And one particular strike that took place in a city outside of Kiev, they had about 21 people were hit in one Russian missile strike. And now we are being told that Poland is looking at a potential deal that so far the State Department has not approved, but basically where they would allow their old Russian MiG planes to be parked and brought up to Ramstein Air Base and then traded in essentially where they would get sort of new or some used F-16s from America. And then those old Russian planes could go to Ukraine. But so far, the United States says, I don't know if we want to even be a party to actually bring the planes to Ukraine because they're worried what Putin's going to do if that's going to look like they are, quote, a party to war. On the other hand, Poland, you know, I would gather, doesn't look like they want to be the ones who directly give it to Ukraine either. So they're trying to figure out sort of is there a middle man that they can give it to Zelensky, who has been pleading now to please give us air cover. He's been asking for a no-fly zone. So far, that does not look like the countries want to do that but maybe they can help him control the skies by giving him some airplanes and that is a big development and also we know that kamala harris is going to be going over to poland um in the next few hours so could some breakthrough potentially happen when she goes there could some agreement be reached some sort of middle ground where those planes that ukrainian pilots can actually fly it's an interesting thought they're not actually flying the planes so maybe They won't be perceived as getting into the war. But then Putin basically has come out already and said, hey, if you do sanctions against me, which everyone's been doing a shred of sanctions. Remember, they were doing the banking sanctions. Now they've done the oil sanctions the U.S. has in Canada and a few others. But in that realm, Putin has said anybody who does sanctions is basically a party to war. So if that's the case, maybe we should be giving the planes right away. Because if you're going to turn the tide, I think in Ukraine, you got to do something quick. Because if the Russians can control the sky, and that is a big threat, then things could go downhill very quick. And by the way, also, uh, the Institute for the Study of War, which is run by Jack Keane, who we've had here on the show, General Jack Keane, great General Jack Keane, said a really dire warning uh, just a few hours ago, essentially saying, that there is a chance that Kyiv could be attacked in the next day to four days, twenty-four to ninety-six hours, there could be an all-out assault on Kyiv. So, if indeed that is the case, time is of the essence to try to get as much as possible as we can to Ukraine, um, because time really is. And I understand, you know, the idea of a no-fly zone. I understand why people are concerned about having planes fly in and to bring, nobody wants to bring, you know, Americans or their country into war. But maybe there is some way through giving these old Soviet planes that they know how to fly and somehow they buy them. It's like buying other equipment. We're giving them javelins. We're giving them stingers. Um, maybe it's a way that we can give them planes and then they can turn this really around and really control the war. That would be incredible. By the way, also a number of companies are now exiting from Russia. McDonald's, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, joining basically America's exit from Russia. Thank goodness. I'm really happy to hear this. McDonald's has 850 McDonald's locations in Russia, which employs 62,000 people. That's a lot of people. Um, Should all U.S. companies basically join suit, a lot of them have been following suit. I'm happy to see this. A number of them have just been temporarily suspending their business there. Starbucks, again, is following suit, too, so that's good news. But should more companies follow? We're going to continue, everybody, after the break, talking more about Russia-Ukraine. And also, I can't believe this. The 20th 9-11 hijacker is being freed, so he can have help with his mental health problems.
0: Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine,
1: and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Is news is breaking in Ukraine? Air raid sirens being heard now over the Kiev, of course, the main capital city there, and several other cities which continue to get pounded by the Russian military. And this comes as there are reports of hundreds of civilians killed. Ukrainian civilians and also many other foreign fighters. This is interesting—a positive development coming that about forty thousand foreign fighters are coming into Ukraine to actually help the Ukrainians, which is great news to hear. Um, also, death tolls coming on the Russian side. U.S. officials saying that two to three thousand Russians they believe have been killed so far. And also some frightening details now coming out that the Russians may be targeting a biochemical plant there in Ukraine. There's a couple of biochemical plants, and they are very, very concerned, the U.S. authorities and, of course, the Ukrainian authorities and NATO of overall, because very worried what might they be doing by trying to go after facilities and locations like that. Also, an interesting report also coming out from the International Atomic Energy Agency, essentially, according to one report, that it has lost contact with safeguards monitoring systems at the Chernobyl plant. Remember systems? Remember, the Chernobyl plant was taken over by Russian forces a couple days ago. That, of course, is a big, big concern and one of the sites of the biggest, you know, nuclear disasters and radiation disasters And now reports that systems that monitor the nuclear materials at the radioactive waste facilities there at Chernobyl, which, again, were taken over by Russian forces, have stopped transmitting data, according to the IAEA. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they have shut it down? Does that mean that they're trying to do something there? Um, It really brings up a lot of questions that they're even getting into some of these transmission levels. And what's the reason that they would be touching that kind of data at this time? Really frightening material. And again, we don't know what's going on, but the fact that they are seeming to be more and more desperate, the Russian troops, Putin, of course, at the helm of it all, and many people wondering what is to come. Well, President Zelensky, through all of this, has really been a warrior. He said he is staying put in his country, no matter the threats against him and his family. And he also absolutely condemned the attack on civilians and others by Russia. Take a listen.
3: These are the children that could have lived. But these people have taken them away from us. The United Kingdom. Ukraine were not looking to have this стала The Ukraine have not been looking to become uh, big, but they have become big over the days um, of this war.
1: And today, President Zelensky made an official plea to the British Parliament. Remember last weekend, he made a big plea to the U.S. Senate and said, listen, please give me aid. We really need extra money. We need, you know, munitions. We need planes. We need a whole bunch of stuff. And today he made the same plea to the British Parliament, got a standing ovation there, and pulled no punches as to what he thinks of President Putin.
3: And I'm, I'm very grateful to you, Boris. Please increase the pressure of sanctions against this country. And please recognize this country as a terrorist state. And please make sure that our Ukrainian skies are safe. Please make sure that you do what needs to be done and what is stipulated by the greatness of your country. Best of all to Ukraine and uh, to the United Kingdom.
1: So what do you believe is ahead? And do you believe, first off, that the U.S. should accept this offer from Poland that's been reported, that Poland is offering to bring its MiGs, its, you know, Soviet-era jet fighters, bring them to Ramstein Air Base to get picked up by U.S. officials, NATO officials, to be able to drop off in Ukraine that Ukrainian pilots can then fly? Should we do that, or does that drag us into the war? And where do you see Putin now? Because we heard from the CIA director today basically saying that he doesn't necessarily believe that Putin is crazy, but he believes that he is a desperate man kind of backed up into the corner and right now has suffered some pretty big losses by the Ukrainian forces. And he said he is very concerned because that could mean that Putin could be desperate and really, really lash out. We have seen that he has done a number of taxes, military On a number of civilian targets, some of the pictures have just been heartbreaking to see over the last few days. And many people believe the worst is sadly yet to come and potentially in the next few days as people that are there in Kiev tonight saying that they feel like the strikes are coming much and much closer. Again, air raid sirens going off in the capital city and in other cities. Some of the other cities, they're cutting off water. They're cutting off electricity. They are really trying to squeeze the Ukrainian people. And yet General Keith Kellogg, who is a national security advisor to President Trump and also then Vice President Pence, said that once it gets into Kiev, it could be a different story in terms of right now. Obviously, it looks like the Ukrainians are able to make a dent with the Russians, but the Russians are still able to pound them from the air. But if you're going to go into the capital city, he believes that really gets into sort of a a ground war. And that obviously they will try to pound them from the air first, but then they will try to come in on a ground war. And he says that that potentially could really be the end of things for Russia. Let's hope so. I hope it happens well before that, because you certainly don't want loss of life and a bloody ground war taking place in Kiev. But take a listen to how General Kellogg portrays where things could potentially go.
7: Putin's got a real problem. He's got almost 100 percent of his army now pushed into Ukraine. He can't even get to the western part of Ukraine. He's going to be lucky if he even finishes the eastern part. And I think this thing hmm. still has some days to play, uh, with Kiev especially. And if he wants to go into a city, Neil, I'm telling you, armies hate fighting in cities. It eats up units. And the Ukrainians are going to fight. This could be, frankly, the Soviet Union, Stalingrad. This may be the Russian Stalingrad and the fight to the death coming in the near term
1: so where do you see this headed everybody 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 does anybody out there think that there should be a no-fly zone over ukraine the ukrainians keep asking for it and so far nato is saying no we do not want to get pulled in directly into a war or a dogfight with a Ukrainian, you know, on their Ukrainian airspace and suddenly a Russian plane comes in and then it begins basically World War Three. one 9222 two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to let's go to uh John in Brooklyn. Go ahead, John, your thoughts about all this.
5: Well I I think uh thank you, Arya I think that Joe Biden is being blackmailed by Barack Obama and Hillary. They they know, while he was vice president, what was going on with their, uh, Biden's son and all the money he was making um, outside of his salary. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't think Barack Obama was born here. I met him in 1974 when he first came from Indonesia, and he told me that he had spent his entire life in Indonesia. So I don't believe he was born here. And well, one, even though,
1: well, listen, I'm not going to like litigate the birth certificate and all that stuff. But let me ask you, do you think when you were talking about all this stuff with his family, Biden, are you, are you talking about Hunter Biden or what do you believe is driving all this? Real quick, John.
5: I believe it's Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. They're blackmailing Joe Biden, what what they have over him. And he's acting in the interests of Islam because of Barack Obama. Barack Obama was brought up as an Islamic.
1: Well, and of course, he, and by the way, of course, he says that that is not indeed the case. But listen, I do think Biden somehow clearly when he gets out there, he's definitely led by it looks like Jen Psaki or somebody because he doesn't even know who to call on in a press conference. It's like, mother, may I take one call? May I answer one question? May I do this? You know, I'm not sure if he's being blackmailed or if he's, uh, you know, somebody's trying to wake him up because he seems like he's in a coma half the time out there. That is a wild wild circumstance. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. Chris, uh your thoughts about Joe Biden and sort of where this is headed.
5: Hi Rita, first of all, great show and um unfortunately, you had that last caller and then you had Stan to counteract them, so I don't know where uh, but anyhow um, hey,
1: it's certainly you know, not. It's certainly never boring, Chris.
5: <laughs> no, no, no. I, wow. Being blackmailed by Hillary and Barack. I, that's uh, that's a new one to or me. being
1: blackmailed um, by Stan's phone calls. Right.
5: <laughs> oh, I know. God, God bless him. He means well. But I love what Stan said and he should follow his own rule. He said, Joe Biden is the president of the United States. He should be respected. I just want to know, did Stan respect Donald Trump in his four years of presidency? All right? I just want to know if he respected. And I know the answer to that. He did not. So anyhow, what I want to say, Rita, is this is, you know, people like to compare this to uh, Putin as Hitler in 1938, 39. This is Hitler in 1944, towards the waning era. That's what Putin is at. The guy's 70 years old. He's the eleventh, not not the top three or four. The eleventh richest country in you know the size. The economy is the size of Texas, basically. This is like a last ditch effort of a desperate man, and that's what he is. He's desperate at this point. This this is a no win position for Putin. Any there's no way he's going to come out of this. I mean, think about it. What is he ultimately trying to gain? He's trying to. What does he want to take over the whole of Ukraine? Then what's he going to do? He doesn't have enough forces to maintain that over time exactly what's he going to do i mean i think ultimately what's going to have to happen i think is that we shouldn't get involved with a no-fly zone because right i don't want a world war three but what's going to happen is i think give the guy two provinces and call it a day like in other words just let the ukrainians keep their sovereignty in, in kiev give putin the two provinces that he's taken over And good luck trying to maintain that financially. And what he's done is he's turned the whole world against him now. That's the problem. And he, this, I I don't know. Although, although Chris, what his future plan is? You know, it's
1: you know it's really scary. Is he's turned most of the people against him, and I think the good people of the world against him. Um, But then I saw a report that China was basically saying, hey, you know, like I know that you. You can't use Visa and you can't use a couple other things, but you can use our banking system. It's like an alternative to Visa and that they may backfill him by buying energy and doing some of these other things. And uh, and Iran, too. Iran seems to have a good uh, relationship. He still has, you know, a couple buddies out there and they're not the kind of buddies you want to be friends with. So so there's a lot of factors.
5: I'm with you 100 percent. But think about it. Russia made this mistake when they went into Afghanistan and it was a no-win situation. So when 9/11 happened to us and we needed help, you know, Russia abstained. They stayed out of that cuz they were fatigued. The whole country was fatigued from that. And I thought they learned a lesson. I I hate to say it. I was kind of envious of Russia when they stayed out of the whole Iraq. If you remember, they stayed low and Putin was leading them. That was the beginning of his ascendancy. So what I'm saying is He he's getting himself into another Afghanistan that that the country was devastated by that That was 40 years ago. I I just think this an unattainable situation, no matter if China steps in and helps them out or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, no. Um, You bring up some great points. It is. It is, Chris. Great call because I agree with you. It is. It is sort of a a quagmire. And you're also dealing with somebody I use the sort of, you know, megalomaniac, this kind of, you know, egotistical madman. That really doesn't want to, you know, be shamed and embarrassed on the world stage. He's come this far. It's like, you know, he's gone... Here, he wants to be able to have a military victory, and clearly he's trying to do it at all costs. He's just, like, targeting – he's dropping right now – you know, air, You know, we're hearing air raid sirens in many major cities tonight. It looks like they're closing in on Kyiv. That's why I hope that they get some planes or get some munitions as soon as they can because they may not have a lot of time if these forces around them, these Russian forces, even if they're, you know, not as well equipped as they might have been or they're tired or don't have a lot of fuel – there's still a lot of forces outnumbering and surrounding, you know, a major city. So I'm just, you know, I'm just hoping that we can do something because it's going to be really, really ugly and really, really tough if some of these predictions are true. I hope, by the way, that General Keith Kellogg is right. I hope it is going to be like the downfall of the Russians. But this is a desperate man. And just like you said, uh, it's going to be interesting because what is he's not going to like turn around right now and say, oh, I made a mistake. That That is not Putin's style. And he's, like, in it, so he has to figure out how to finish it the way he wants to finish it or, or the way that we want to finish him. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls, everybody. Do you think we should do a no-fly zone? Do you think that the U.S. should play a role in getting those planes to Ukraine ASAP? before the Russians close in on the capital city.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are getting word that more airstrikes are taking place over the country of Ukraine and there are air raid sirens now in three major cities. Residents are asked there to go to their nearest shelter. And again, more than twenty to about forty thousand foreign fighters have apparently joined the Ukrainian forces to fight against Russia uh just in the last few days, which is an incredible number. And again, President Zelensky still there in Kiev, saying he is not leaving, he is not hiding, and he will stay there with his people. We will keep you posted. Where do you think everything is headed in this crisis? Many people are very worried, and in fact, the Institute for the Study of War, Jack Keen, General Jack Keene, who is the Vice Chief of Staff for the Army, came out and said just a few hours ago, that some of the intelligence that they have gotten, and he's been really good, spot on, he's one of the great military experts out there, that he is fearful that there could be a major Russian assault on Kiev sometime in the next day to four days. That based on where the military troops, the Russian troop movements are, that is what he is surmising. What do you think should happen? Should there be a no-fly zone? Because President Zelensky is saying, please help us before such an assault takes place. They've had some incredible gains over the Russian troops. They've killed apparently anywhere from two to four thousand based on even U.S. estimates of the number of Russians that have been killed. But they are saying that they look like they are getting squeezed in. So should there be a no-fly zone and should the U.S. agree to this deal with Poland to give them planes that would ultimately go to the Ukrainian pilots? What should we do? Because the clock may be ticking, sadly. For Ukraine and its future of freedom, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Eric in Inwood. Eric, your thoughts about all this?
5: Hey, Rita. As far as the no fly zone goes, we talking about the brink of nuclear war. Who got us here? By not, I say well, while we have some, while we have Russia looking for planes that might move here or there, they could be sending other stuff in there. You know, ideally, you, do you, Ukraine should be able to enforce their own no fly zone. Stingers and, and, and SAMs and, you know.
1: The problem is, the problem is you can have all that stuff, but unless you actually have, like, aircraft that can go and shoot them down, like you look at that, like, that massive convoy, remember the 40-mile-long convoy, you really got to hit it from the air. I mean, you can do some Stinger missiles, you can do some of that stuff, but you really, like, got to come in and, like, strafe them basically from the air and drop the drop uh, the mother of all bombs on them, you know. And so basically it's got to come from the air and they don't have as much of a sophisticated air force. They're outmanned. It's like it's massively outmanned from the air, especially from compared to the Russians. So that's the reason they actually need it. They've had a few shot down, you know, all these different things. They've got to get it, they gotta get amped up. And that's where if they can suddenly, if the Russians can come and pound them from the air and then surround them from the ground, that could be really disastrous. For the Ukrainian people. But Eric, thank you very much. Let's go to Mike and Yonkers. Mike, your thoughts about all this. What do you think?
4: Hey, Rita, thanks for uh, taking my call. So, you know, before we, th- in response to your question, I do not think we should have a no-fly zone or participate in that because, let's face it, this guy has nuclear weapons. But let's let's think about how we got here. You know, I have to say, if it wasn't for that, that uh, virtual call that biden had with putin uh, and after putin's uh summed up what biden was all about we wouldn't be here because they would not have gone in and now that we're here we can't risk a a psychopath launching nuclear weapons and uh, and and creating a, a nuclear waste field in europe
1: no i know there's a, there is so much at stake i i hear you um real quick let's go to ted in ottawa too because you've been waiting ted go ahead ted your thoughts about this real quick ted
0: On International Women's Day, I got the greatest international woman radio announcer.
1: Oh, hey, Ted, thank you. Ted, you are a man after my own heart. Ted, thank you for the beautiful, beautiful greeting, and I appreciate it so much. Ted Cullen from Ottawa. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody, by the way, when we come back, you will not believe this. The Biden administration has released the 20th hijacker tied to the 9-11 attacks, freeing him so he could get mental health treatment. Unbelievable. I'm going to take your calls on that.
0: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, which I love, where we honor our great men and women in uniform. We did that today as we were honoring International Women's Day. And we had a whole bunch of great, amazing women where we were spotlighting them and some of their role models and inspiration and words of advice. And I was hosting a show earlier today And I thought, you know what, I want to bring in somebody who I think truly exemplifies heroism and somebody who I think is just an extraordinary human being, and that is Private First Class Jessica Lynch. You may recall her story because it was on March 23rd, 2003, that she was injured and captured by Iraqi forces after her unit was ambushed in Iraq. She was rescued after nine days in captivity by U.S. Special Forces. It was a daring raid to go in and save her. And her rescue was the first successful rescue of a female American POW in American history. Uh, She was only 19 years old, too. Uh, You know, new in the military, and then suddenly her unit was ambushed, and she was thrown into hell on earth. And she was describing earlier today with me What it was like when she found out that she was rescued and that the people who were coming in, because it was, you know, the cloak of darkness and the fog of war, what was going on. And she realized that she was hearing American voices and that it was Americans who were coming to save and rescue her. Take a listen to her describing that unbelievable rescue.
5: You know, I heard all this chaos going on, so I didn't know what was happening. But um, they, they eventually came inside of the room, and there in front of me stood all these rangers themselves. And uh, one of them ripped the American flag off of his uniform, handed it to me, and said, we're Americans and we're here to take you home. And um, I I, <laughs> I was kind of dumbfounded at that moment. I didn't really know what to say, but I knew that I was – elated to see them so i responded with yeah i'm an american soldier too um yeah and then at that point they quickly whisked me out of there and uh, was able to get me to an awaiting helicopter where they transported me to kuwait
1: wow can you imagine and again only 19 years old that she survived that ordeal that was such an enormous story and it was great to be able to showcase her by the way she went back to west virginia Uh, became a teacher. Um, She's also a mom, and her daughter is named after her fallen friend um, who died, um, you know, after that convoy had been hit. So it's an amazing story of survival and talk about an incredible female role model as we wrap up now in the next few minutes, International Women's Day. And it was great to spotlight a true female American hero. And thank you to all of our great men and women in the military who are in often very, very dangerous situations. Well, because our military is often in dangerous situations, and we often, those people who are out there, see these people who are back out on the battlefield. Remember, we heard these stories early on of people that were captured that were coming up against U.S. troops in Afghanistan and elsewhere. They would take them out, Then, if they were let go, then suddenly they were back out on the battlefield. Because some of these guys, especially those who are trying to attack U.S. forces, um, are fanatics. A number of them were just, you know, ultimate recidivists, and they were arrested over and over again. And finally, a number of them were taken to Guantanamo Bay, along with a number of others who were the suspected hijackers. And at one point, remember, Guantanamo Bay was filled with so many different individuals. And I was astounded to hear that just recently— a 46-year-old individual was released from Guantanamo Bay. It is Mohammed Ahmed al khatani And he was released after being there for 20 years, sent back to Saudi Arabia. Remember, Joe Biden's trying to do an oil deal with Saudi Arabia. Take a listen to the timing of this. It's very interesting. Remember, 15 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi. Very interesting. And this guy was supposed to be the 20th hijacker, but he got stopped by immigration officials. He was supposed to be met by Mohammed Atta and be on one of those planes that crashed into the World Trade Center. So he gets taken to Guantanamo, and most people are thinking this is a guy who's never going to see the light of day because he was planning on being a part of this horrible attack on American soil. And then he complained about some of the mental abuse that he said he was undertaking and what he was experiencing there. And the Biden administration has released him So he can go back to Saudi Arabia and get psychiatric and mental health treatment. So he has now been released. And many people are in an uproar, including me, because I think this is outrageous. The people that are there in in Guantanamo, these guys are the worst of the worst. And Joe Biden has basically talked about trying to clear out Guantanamo. That was one of the things that he and that also Barack Obama also talked about. We want to clear out Guantanamo. I went down to Guantanamo. I had, I had, I don't call it the pleasure. I had the uh, horror of having to look at a number of those detainees. And trust me, you would not want to walk down the street with them. You think some of the crazy streets you see in New York, you take a look at some of those guys that are there in Guantanamo, you don't want them ever see the light of day. And this guy was planning the 9-11 attacks. They are 100% certain that he was planning it. And he just got detained by someone in immigration so he couldn't meet the lead hijacker, Mohamed Atta, and you're going to let this guy out because you feel bad that he was having depression issues and suicide issues? I mean, it's it's like, all right, let's just close up Guantanamo and the worst of the worst, just let them out because we feel sorry for them. It's sort of like the whole Rikers thing. Oh, well, we feel sorry for what's happening, so let's just let them out. You know, to me, this is outrageous. And I want to hear your thoughts because there are so many people that are furious. A lot of members of Congress, including Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio, he sent a letter to Joe Biden last week saying, do not do this. I am telling you, this is, quote, a massive error, which will pose a serious risk to our national security at a time right now where we're dealing with terrorism and we're dealing with. All these other things going on in Ukraine, we're dealing with, of course, Russia's assault, we're dealing with Iran, we're dealing with North Korea, we're dealing with so many of these things, and you're letting out a guy having sympathy that he had mental distress? What about the families of 9-11? I think they had a lot more than mental distress. You know, I mean, this is crazy. And even many family members came out and said that it was abominable, that this should not happen. That this is an outrage and they were very upset that they were not informed ahead of time. So why do you think Joe Biden made some sort of deal that somehow he had sympathy on this hijacker, this guy who was planning to fly a plane into the World Trade Center and somehow he had sympathy that he was having mental distress and that somehow we have to release him to Saudi Arabia. And does anybody think when he gets back to Saudi Arabia, where, again, 15 of the 19 hijackers are from, does anybody think that Saudi Arabia is going to keep him behind bars in any shape or form? I bet you it'll be about two days before he'll be smoking a hookah pipe. I'll give you that. 1-800-858-9222. one 800 858 Why do you think... Joe Biden was intent on releasing this guy. Could it be that he's trying to somehow curry favor with the Saudis at a time where maybe he needs Saudi oil? Maybe he's trying to get something with intelligence. Maybe he's trying to do something because of everything going on with Russia. What do you think is the reason that Joe Biden did this? And is this just sort of par for the course that you're going to let out somebody who is about to play a role? in one of the worst heinous attacks on American soil that took, you know, 3,000 precious lives. And you're going to say, okay, well, I feel really sorry for him with mental distress. This just doesn't make sense. I'm curious why you think he would do this. What do you think is the reason behind this? Well, this is what Professor Alan Dershowitz surmises because he says there's a reason why he thinks this happened and it happened now.
3: We did the
11: same thing. We released one of the people who was accused of blowing up the Pan Am jet over England because he was supposed to be
4: sick and he was going to die and
11: he was going to get psychiatric care. And, of course, he lived longer than a lot of other people did. Um, you, You always see psychiatric help as an excuse for a political decision. So, obviously, they've made a political decision to release this guy, whether it has something to
6: do with oil negotiations.
1: And also, in addition to what Alan Dershowitz said, this is Andy McCarthy, who worked in the U.S. attorney's office. This is what he had to say about this release of a nine eleven hijacker right now. This doesn't make any sense.
11: Yeah, I've been very concerned about this. And it, my concerns go beyond Katani. I think it's, you know, it's one thing for. President Biden to run around saying that, you know, notwithstanding how ugly it was in Afghanistan, he got us out of the war and he ended the war and he's running around saying he ended the war. And what I would just stress to people is that your capacity to hold people without charges as enemy combatants hinges on there being a war. If the laws of war don't apply, if the laws of war are not in effect because there is no war, then If you're holding people in custody, your choice is either to charge them and try them in court or you have to release them. So I think the issue with Katani is very disturbing because there's evidence that he was complicit in the 9-11 plot even though he didn't uh, get here uh, in a way that allowed him to participate in it.
1: So how scary is it that this guy, who, by the way, in August 2001, al Qatani was turned away from the U.S. at the Orlando airport by immigration officers who were suspicious of his travel. And the lead September 11th hijacker, Mohammed Atta, was going to pick him up to take part in the plot. And then he gets captured, this guy, later on in Afghanistan. He gets again sent to Guantanamo. He says that he went through mental duress and a whole bunch more, and now he has indeed been released. And by the way, there are about 38 remaining Guantanamo prisoners that many people say in Congress really are the worst of the worst, the most dangerous terrorists in the world. Are you concerned that this administration is going to start trying to clear out Guantanamo at a time like this? Is this where we want these kind of people walking free? Is this at a time— where we want these kind of people on the loose. I think about, you know, that jail in Afghanistan. Remember when we suddenly just left Afghanistan, you know, high and dry. I was like, okay, got to go. Remember there was that big jail that was taking place in Bagram on the airfield there. And there was some worst of the worst people there. We literally left it, left it. So the Taliban could basically go in and let out all their friends and all the other people. And guess what? One of the people that was let out of that prison there well guess what that guy they believe was responsible for the bombing at abbey gate that killed our 13 servicemen and women so these actions have repercussions it's nice to feel sorry for people but you don't want to have sorry at the expense of american national security and world security get help why don't you send a psychiatrist into guantanamo you know he doesn't have to walk free and hang out on the streets of Saudi Arabia. And these poor families related to 9-11 are wondering what the heck happened. What is wrong with our justice system? Is this just sort of par for the course as we look at everything that's happening with our justice system and with the Biden justice system? Having such a sympathy and this sort of being the ultimate case, if you will. I mean, talk about a repeat offender. This was a guy who apparently over and over again was trying to launch attacks. On Americans. And then, according to documents, they say, yeah, he was planning to be on that plane. And just by the grace of God, immigration officials stopped him. So it's not like this guy is Mother Teresa and you're putting him out at a time like this. But is this sort of par for the course with the Biden law enforcement policies that seem to have such sympathy on even if you are the worst of the worst? And now I'm concerned he's going to make a deal for the other 38 that are sitting there. Because this president and his predecessor, Barack Obama, seems so intent on saying, oh, we emptied out the jail. We're the ones who emptied out Guantanamo. That was one of the things, as if that's something to be bragging about. If I was president, I'd say I'd be expanding it times 10. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to David in New Jersey. Go ahead, David. Your thoughts about this. It's unbelievable, David.
11: Yeah, no, this guy should be kept in prison or executed. That's what he really deserves anyway. Uh, This uh, is—I think the Democrats are basically—rather than calling them Democrats, this is the party of the blame America first party. It's not America first, but blame America first. I think they're warped uh, psychology of their own. They're thinking that if something happened bad here in America, it's our fault anyway. So why should they, uh, you know, uh, press charges against a fellow who didn't actually do anything? This is ridiculous. This is letting uh, criminals here in this country run amok. Uh, No one is taking responsibility, and the uh, government is letting everyone go.
1: Yeah, and you know what's also amazing, David? You you bring up the great point that just because he didn't carry it out, they said— There was clear evidence that he was planning to meet, according to, you know, the prosecutors, this September 11th hijacker, the lead guy, Mohammed Atta, a name that we all know well, um, sadly, for his heinous act. And so they were planning to be a part of it. So, you know, this was clearly a guy who has intent. And these guys have such recidivist tendencies. I mean, so many of the guys that they let out early, remember, that they arrested? So many of them showed up on the battlefield again. And we're going up against our troops. So, I I mean, it's unbelievable that they would go to this extent where they actually would release this guy saying, oh, well, he needs some mental help. Well, clearly he needs mental help. The guy's nuts and he's insane and he's obviously an evil person that he was planning this horrible act across America.
7: They would let Hitler out as far as uh, as I'm concerned, these people, these people running these outfits here.
1: Well, that is that's the concern that these people don't seem. And to me, it's sort of par for the course, David, at a time. You know, where we're seeing these stories of, oh, let's clear out Rikers. It was like Bill de Blasio. Let's clear out Rikers because it sounds great, you know. Um, and maybe we'll put them in community jails where they can have a great time in the community, except for the communities <laughs> who we'll want them in the communities, you know. But it's like it's like there's some sort of mark of closing these facilities. Um, and listen, you know, Rikers, there were some abuses that took place there. There were reports of abuses at Guantanamo, Um But when you see what these people are responsible for, you know, everybody was saying, oh, I'm abused, I'm abused, I'm abused. You know, it's like, you know, so let me get out, let me get out. And there are a lot of people that are in there because they actually did do heinous things. And those people need to be held responsible. What message does it send at a time right now where we're looking at what's happening over there in Ukraine And Russia's watching, North Korea's watching, Iran's watching, Saudi. I mean, a lot of people are watching right now and going, huh, that's kind of interesting. They're letting a 9-11 hijacker free. You think they're going to respect Joe Biden and American justice after that? Wow. David, thank you so much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. What do you make of the fact that Joe Biden has now let the guy believed to be the 20th hijacker who was going to be on the plane that slammed in to one of the Twin Towers. He is now back having a good old time in Saudi Arabia, where he's from, 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: We're listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about the fact that now President Biden has released the guy known as the 20th hijacker who was planning to be on board the plane that was slamming into one of the Twin Towers in New York. How could this be? The guy has been held in Guantanamo for about 20 years, was supposed to be on the plane and work with Mohammed Atta. But he got held up by immigration officers who were suspicious of his travel, and thank goodness he didn't make it on the plane. But he was captured, and then he complained about mental health conditions in Guantanamo. And now this president has decided to release him, which doesn't make any sense to me. Does that make any sense to any of you? And Andy McCarthy, who's at the U.S. Attorney's Office, says this is not a good sign for others at guantanamo take a listen
11: the big problem i'm afraid when you try to treat a national security problem as if it's a judicial proceeding is that you're you know in intelligence you're dealing with a lot of information that may be very reliable but it's stuff that you simply can't even not only can't even can't prove it in court you can't acknowledge where it came from
1: yeah. And there's a lot of questions. But in this guy's case, they say, according to evidence, that he was supposed to meet with Mohammed Atta. And President Biden felt, OK, well, maybe he should go home and get some psychiatric care and get help. And could this be at a time where we're trying to curry a little favor with the Saudis in terms of getting oil? Because remember, we just cut off Russian imports of oil, which is the right thing to do with everything going on with Ukraine. But isn't it kind of interesting that this happens, and this is something that Saudi Arabia would want, because 15 of the 19 hijackers that were on the planes were from Saudi. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 9222 And I just have to tell you my heart breaks, especially for the families who lost loved ones on nine eleven. Uh, everybody knew somebody who was on the planes. Everybody knew somebody that was attached to it. I lost my friend Barbara Olson, who was on the plane that slammed into the Pentagon. Uh, everybody knows folks who had some sort of attachment, but especially those families who lost people near and dear in their family. It is outrageous. This is not justice served. Shame on this president. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ken in new jersey
7: go ahead ken yeah hi uh you stole my thunder uh before because uh i was going to say if if he needs mental uh treatment why can't they do it while he's in prison
1: yeah I that's mean, a, uh, that's what i'm thinking like why does he have to yeah, get I know released
7: it, Right, yeah you know, send sending a psychiatrist and uh you know uh give them give them uh, mental uh Health uh mental treatment while he's in prison. You don't have to don't have to release him.
1: I agree. I agree. And then, you know, send someone down to examine him. I'll give you I'll give you a quick synopsis. The guy's nuts. Keep him behind bars. Matthew, real quick from Montreal. Real quick, Matt.
5: I when you mentioned that he was released, I had to go, just
9: to be sure. I couldn't believe it.
1: I know. Isn't it? It's astounding, Matthew. I almost thought too the same thing. That I just thought it is unbelievable. Shame on this president. I don't know what he's working, but he's doing some deal with Saudi Arabia, and this is a travesty.